1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are here until seven with the very latest in Scottish football as clubs are warned they could face playing four games in eight days amid enormous pressure on the SPFL. And we'll also be bringing you the very latest from today's terrible incident in Glasgow City Centre. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me tonight is Alex Ray. Yeah, good evening, Alison. Uh, really sad news mm. uh, in Glasgow City Centre today. Our thoughts are with everyone involved and, you know, hopefully... You know, we can get through this, it's a tough time. Yeah, indeed. Well, as I said, we're going to start tonight with this fixture. Chaos Alex clubs are being warned this four games in eight days could be a possibility. SPFL Secretary Ian Blair has also swiftly knocked back Scotland manager Steve Clark's plea for a free weekend before that Euro 2020 playoff. But he will ask TV not to schedule any games for the Sunday before it. He is expected to confirm the fixtures in the next couple of weeks. But Ian Blair says there's little room for manoeuvre, especially if there's a bad winter or further disruption from the pandemic. Alex, yeah. it's, it's a tricky one. Now, the winter break has already been cancelled UEFA have said that they will try and work with clubs so we could have this season that UEFA will allow some clubs to play on Champions League yeah. and Europa League nights which would ease things a little bit because obviously the Betfred Cup's been put back we've got European qualifiers we've got that 2020 playoff as I said there's 12 potential fixture dates before the split that are used up for internationals You've then got, as I say, the Bedfred Cup. You've got two for this season's Scottish Cup. You've then got next season's Scottish Cup. So it's all kind of rolling into one, although the season is starting when it was due to start. Yeah, an absolute nightmare of uh, uh, options for Ian Blair. You know, when you look at all the fixtures, the International Champions League, Scottish Cup, League Cup. So you have all these to to factor in. Uh, I think it's uh, welcomed that UEFA may well Mm. consider games being played. uh, The name fixtures are actually being played, Alison, which would free up some space somewhere else. Come back to Steve Clark's point, I just don't Mm. see uh, a free weekend uh, prior to that game against Israel. I just... uh, Time is of the essence because of the amount of fixtures that we have uh, coming up this year. So I think it's going to be hard enough for Ian to actually do that. He says it's the hardest he's had to deal with, you know, fixture congestion in 22 years. So... Uh, obviously it'll take them a couple of weeks to get them out but I think the excitement for the fans will be that you know they can see some tangible football down the line Absolutely you talk about Steve Clark he's obviously asked for yeah. that free weekend but one thing he did say when I spoke to him yesterday was the benefit of having a couple of Nation League games at least before this playoff he can get the squad together yeah. and some will be more up to speed than others Yeah without doubt I think uh, he's got a couple of fixtures that he can get the squad together he can get uh, his permutations right because the most important game for me is Israel. He gives you an opportunity to get that final playoff spot, uh, which would be amazing considering we will be in the last 20-odd years. So uh, from Steve Clark's point of view, it gives him that time with the squad, get bonding. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously got uh, guys like McGinn and McTominay who probably wouldn't have been fit for that uh, fixture originally. So he's got good options in the middle of the park. You know, he just has to find a goal scorer, really. Sticking with international football, we did expect... That Northern Ireland would confirm who will be their next manager today. We are still waiting. I think Motherwell fans, particularly, kind of holding their breath on this yeah, one. Yeah, of course. I think I think it would be a real body blow for Motherwell. Stephen Robinson left. The job he's done has been excellent, Alison. The 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 manner uh, and the, the way that he plays his football this season on the back of last year a bit more direct. He bloods a lot of young guys there. You know, starting to show some good signs. Turnbull's back as well. 
So you know Guys like Alan Burrows Would most mm-hmm. certainly Want him to stay But I can totally understand Why he's went uh, And been interviewed With his his, uh, his team Now in Northern Ireland uh, Tommy Wright's in the frame as well You know uh, Another one we're familiar with So as soon as that's known Then obviously Motherwell can get to work If they do lose him Yeah Tommy Wright As you say Interviewed Ian Barraclough Yeah As well With the two of them There's no compensation Yeah that may well be a factor uh, You know But don't forget You know uh, O'Neill leaving to go to Stoke They would then re- reimburse there You know yeah. the Compensation Him going that way Michael O'Neill So uh, I think there'll be money there available The salary they were paying Michael O'Neill will be nowhere near What I would imagine these two guys got Because of the job that uh, Michael did So I, I don't think compensation will be the, the stumbling block For whoever they're actually going to get in Alison. So, But in saying that you know, I think they're all a couple of games away For getting to a major tournament again Northern Ireland you know, They've got some decent players And, and they've, they've done really well of late Is that argument about international football And managing an international team Is it for an older manager? That's kind of well, be, not been round the block, but they've kind of done the club football. So you look at Tommy Wright; he is that little bit older than say a, a Stephen Robinson. I, I think I think things have changed, Alison. I think they're more uh, susceptible. You look at Michael Neal. Michael's what, early fifties, so it's not as if he's you know yeah. past his sell by date. He's got a lot of good years ahead of him. So I, I don't quite subscribe to the old days when it's, it's guys who were coming to the end of their managerial career. You know, maybe twenty, thirty years in it, then they go into the internationals. Seen. So no, I, I don't subscribe to that I think people are more open-minded Just to see who the best guy is for the job And when you look at some of the contenders uh, For Northern Ireland You know, they've got a, a good list of uh, candidates Remember you can give us a call tonight 01419511025 Or tweet us at Clyde SSB Alex, a few tweets coming in about this one The French Football Federation Executive yes. Committee Confirmed that they are going to maintain A 20-team league in next season It means Amiens and Toulouse Will be relegated yep. Obviously th- there was an action That was being blocked They have now said no That is what will happen Yeah, the the French Football Federation Today have more or less said That they're going with a 20-team uh, league Alison, they had a meeting They had a vote it was just short a 75% vote. Uh, the majority says that they wanted to stay with the top tier as 20. Uh, Amiens and uh, Toulon were actually looking to uh, make it a 22. They have um, they've knocked that back. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see where it goes, Alison, because we go back to what the judgment was from the from the the Council of State maintained that rele- relegation pronounced at the end of last season was illegal. So, you know, I would expect them to challenge this now in court because this is a football decision to keep the league 20. Now, it's down to them because the actual decision by the the judge was to have a look uh, at potentially extending the league so that they didn't have to go any more legal uh, avenues. So I would expect uh, Amiens and Toulon to probably go down a legal route now uh, to try and get some uh, money uh, because I don't think they can actually change the, the 20 league uh, structure now. And Tuesday is the first date for... Court here in Scotland Alison we can't get away from it And unfortunately that's just the, the way it's actually panned out You know the teams that have been relegated Feel as if they have been harshly treated They have seeked legal representation And they're going to go to court uh, You know uh, Tuesday it's hearts Just to see which way it's going to progress uh, And I'm sure it's going to rumble on for a while 01419511025 is the number you need And Connor and Stirling's given us a call Hello Connor. Hi how you doing guys um, Hope you are well. Um, basically, I'm just phoning up tonight about the Sky deal mm-hmm. that's been that's happened. Um, basically, I'm not really happy with it if I'm honest. Um, the money, the the money per season's all right, but I think it's a coverage that um, Sky give the Scottish League. I think it's disrespectful to the Scottish League. 
Um, talking last season, I think it was where um, the, the Sky covered the Old Firm. I think it was like 30 minute build up to it, whereas BT done a couple hours build up and it was fantastic. I was just want to see the pundits' views on that. Alex, that is a very different build up yeah. from, from the two. It's a format that Sky will say, well, we've got Premier League games to cover, sure. build up has to be changed from that. But, you know, as Connor, as a, a Celtic fan looking at Scottish football, yeah. A Scottish football fan is always going to want to more, want more coverage. Yeah, I think of the Scottish I think, game. I think they've agreed to forty-eight games, Alison. Yeah, in my but understand- he's talking about the build-up. No, no, and I understand the that. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a wee yeah. bit of background yeah. in terms. Of, so it's forty-eight games. Mm-hmm. The, I'm, I'm led to believe it's round about the twenty-five million uh, mark mm-hmm. per season. Uh, Sky may well do it next year. Uh, but I think when you look at the, the build-up to games because of the timing. Uh, you know they could maybe throw a wee bit more at it Alison because I actually quite enjoy the build up you know it's just everybody getting excited about mm-hmm. one of the biggest derbies in the world and uh, for me it would make sense now I'm not exactly sure what Sky's uh, remit is this year but the fact that they're throwing everything at it to get the deal uh, you know so exclusivity to, of that so for me it would make sense I totally agree with Connor uh, on the line Connor do you want um, to come back in? Yeah, um, so I was also want to talk about the Fraser Foster um, sure. transfer. Um, I think Celtic will be really, really stupid to let him go and let him go back to Southampton. I think we should just throw the money at it. Um, I mean, whatever Southampton's asking, ten million, twelve million. I think they were, the, the number he's been thrown around. Um, and also, I heard that uh, Southampton were interested in Sham. Now, I think that if we're really serious about ten in a row. I think Fraser Foster is going to be a huge pivotal part in that, and I think um, if 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 we're looking at that, then I would say maybe offer them in Sham for Fraser Foster plus five million. I think that's a good deal. What yeah. do you guys think about uh, that, uh, Connor? It depends on what uh, Neil Lennon has in store for in Sham. You the know, difficulty it, yeah. is it's not, it's not necessarily up to Celtic as well. It's whether yeah. Southampton want to sell him yeah. I think there is interest in him down sure. south as well I think one of the stumbling blocks would be his wages Alison mm-hmm. reported doing 70 grand a week I'm not sure Celtic could could uh, kind of afford that without upsetting the rest of the players who have done ever so well there so I, I, I see that Joe Hart was yeah, mentioned was today <laughs> yeah so Joe Hart was mentioned again it's a free uh, experienced goalkeeper you know I think Joe would come up and do a decent job but I think the main target for most Celtic supporters would be Fraser Foster I think he's been immense uh, not just the first time round but obviously the second time would you take Joe Hart if you don't get Fraser Forster, Connor? No, definitely not. <laughs> I, I think Joe Hart's way past it. Um, Joe Hart's not even in the question for me. Um, like, I, 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 I really don't see anybody else apart from I, like For me, Fraser Forster last season was our saviour. Like, 100%. It showed, it showed in the cup final as well against Rangers. Mm. I mean, he was he was just the, 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 the standout performer for me last season. Um him, Edward, obviously there was a few, but but him especially for me, I think if if we don't get Fraser Foster back, then I think that's a huge blow for Celtic, huge blow. Joe Hart's thirty three. Yeah, I was just looking that up there, Alison. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure, you know, but a year just, older than Fraser Forster. Yeah, well, listen, I don't mean age wise. I just yeah. mean you don't fancy him. Uh, you just keeper. don't fancy him. I no, don't listen, fancy Joe Hart at all. Yeah, well, listen, he won the league with Man City a few years ago mm-hmm. as well, didn't he, Alison? He's obviously an experienced international, so you know it may well be someone uh, that would look at. Um, it depends. I think you know they'll need a couple of keepers, won't they? You know they've obviously got um, Bain still on the books. Fraser Foster's gone. And it looks as if Craig Gordon's going to go. So they might need a bit of cover as well. So whether it's someone of that experience plus another, it's yet to be seen. You can absolutely 
see what Connor's saying. Any Celtic fan would want Fraser Forster yeah, to stay. Doubt. Yeah, without doubt. If you, if you look last year, Alison, he was one of the standout players of the season. You know, he's just his presence. And I think the fact that, you know, that Premier League teams are actually starting to watch him uh, on the back of last season are looking out for a goalkeeper. I think he would very much come into the, the frame. He's, he's just a big, imposing, kind of very good goalkeeper. Thank you to Connor and Sterling for his call. call. Sticking with Celtic, it looks like they're trying to reach some pre-season friendlies in France. They'll play Lyon and Nice in Lyon in mid-July before heading up to Paris to play PSG. I mean, that's some strong competition. Yeah, yeah, without doubt. If you're looking to put, uh, you know... uh, if you're, Alison, if you're looking to do pre-season friendlies And you're looking to just get a canter and get through But when you look at the actual opposition there You're looking at some real players quality, Without a doubt uh, So it gets you right up to speed very quickly I, I would imagine Celtic would have one or two games here Before they, they, they go over to France But going to play Lyon, Nice and PSG You know, that would really get them ready for the start of the season I suppose encouraging as well that clubs are looking to go abroad To play these as well given the current situation yeah it may well be the case that they're further ahead than we are Alison trying to get teams to come here mm-hmm. you know we may well slightly behind that part of, of the world so uh, it would make sense to go over there you can get the the, the temperature the weather everything's going to be there as well uh, and I would you know I, I just look at the, the, the quality they'd be up against and you know I think most of the other teams would, would envy going to France Chris and Irvin's given us a call on 01419511025 hello Chris all right, Alison. Hi, hi, Alice. How are you doing? I hope you have a good weekend and everything's safe between your family and thank that. Thank you, you oh, too. Cheers, thank you. Now, my point is, I'm a wee bit devastated that all these other leagues are kicking off, but yet Scottish football had to be called to a halt. I think we jumped the gun and done it too soon. Um, the SPL, the SPFL, the, the SFA could maybe have helped the clubs out in the meantime. I just, I think it would be amazing if we could just resume last season as things stand. Well, that's, well, what I, that's what would make me feel better about Scottish football. Well, that's not going to happen now. That's been decided this yeah. season. It, it, we've, we've been through this as well, and I absolutely get what you're saying, Chris. I absolutely get it. You look at it yeah. now and think, could the season have been played to a finish like it was down in England? You see Liverpool last night winning the Premier League, the celebrations. That's not going to happen now. Obviously, I, uh, you know, 1st of August is when the Premier... Um, Scottish Premiership's going to come back but Chris I understand what you're saying every every yeah. fan every player every manager probably wanted I think everybody wanted Alison and uh, listen I'm on record as saying I felt as if they jumped the gun very soon and, and that was just to kind of get the payments uh, you know call notes so soon without looking at all the uh, the, the possibilities uh, the fact that they did it within two days but the thing is we, c- we can't keep looking back Alison we, we could quite easily have played the games uh, like Chris has said but but we didn't know we were going to be further down the line. There mm-hmm. were suggestions that might even rumble on into September and things. So they had to make a call at some stage and, uh, you know, they did do that. We just really need to move on. Chris? I, I just I just really think it's, it's unfair, all the arguments that it's caused between certain clubs, like just the, the ticky-tack stuff that's been going on. It would have solved all that take as it would have made that not happen. It would have been fairer for like Hearts, Party Fistle yeah. and all that. They would have felt they were getting a fair chance or, I mean, I've been on record phoning in saying that Hearts are going down because they, they weren't good enough, simply. And, but I do feel as if things could have been different if they just waited maybe a week or two, they would have thought things would have changed. But unfortunately, that's not the way. No, I think, listen, we could have avoided all this legal action stuff as well if we'd have waited a little bit longer. But there was no certainties that it was actually going to pan out the way it did, Chris, because we didn't know how long this was going to kind of carry on for in terms of this first wave of this pandemic. So... 
when you take all that into consideration, it's just, listen, we really need to move on. We need to try and get this league up and, up and running in the 1st of August, try and get supporters back into the ground, more importantly. And when you look at some of the, the teams at the moment, you know, financially, are really, really struggling. So, you know, we need to tra- can I start concerning myself with that. We need to try and get a sponsor for the league. We need to try and get a sponsor for the cup as well. We'll try and get the game moving in the right direction to try and help everyone involved. We'll hear from both Rangers and Celtic camps after the travel with Stephen and we'll also bring you the very latest from today's terrible incident in Glasgow at City Centre. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray joining me, Alison Conroy, through until seven o'clock tonight. Colette will bring us the very latest from Glasgow City Centre soon. Please don't speculate on what happened during this fatal incident, of course. Alex, I want to stick with Celtic. And Callum McGregor has been speaking. He's welcoming the prospect of fans returning to grounds earlier than expected. Celtic are reportedly targeting up to 30,000 supporters at home games by the end of August. And the midfielder says that would be a bonus. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, that football with the fans is, is what everyone wants and, you know, we're, we're having to make do in, in certain situations um, just now around the world. But, you know, we, we want it first and foremost to be safe for everyone to, to get back in and, you know, then obviously if we get everyone back in, then, you know, no doubt that will add to the, the performances and, and, and the games and, you know, the whole atmosphere of, you know, getting the match days back on um, and football as we all know it. So... You know, the, the boys are desperate to, to get everyone back, get the games back and, you know, we've, we've had a little taste of training, you know, the last couple of weeks and everyone seems to be enjoying it, everybody seems to be progressing well but, you know, once the once the, the first whistle goes, the, the first game of the season, then, you know, that's when you know you'll start for proper and if we can get the fans in, you know, pretty soon after that, then it'll be, it'll be brilliant. Absolutely, every club would like fans yeah. in 30,000 by the end of August. Alison, if you could get 30,000 fans into the ground by the end of August, it'd be absolutely brilliant because... I'm watching the Premier League games, you know, there's some top quality players on show mm-hmm. and I watch the German football, there's no atmosphere and it's very difficult for the players to actually get the levels that they normally do when, they, when the place is rocking. Uh, I think financially it would be great as well for all the clubs concerned. And obviously in the coming weeks, hopefully we can maybe two metres down to one metres which would allow more fans to get into the, into the stadiums because I think if you remember a few weeks ago we were actually talking it may well be up until October before we actually yeah. get fans into the ground. So this would be such a boost for the game and, and as Callum says there, it'd be brilliant for the players just to run out in front of some sort of uh, paying public. It'll be easier at certain grounds than it will be for yeah. others. Leanne Dempster has been speaking saying that they're looking to go to Murrayfield because it would mean they could get more fans in more easily because it's a much bigger stadium. Yeah, absolutely. We, we mentioned that, I think it was last Friday, they were talking about you know using Murrayfield as a potential uh, place to play their football. It makes sense, Alison, because if you're going to get a, a kind of big, big crowd into games, it generates money, generates a- atmosphere, uh, and and then when it's safe to get back to you know Easter Road, then do that. So I think it's a, a bit being practical, using the solutions a- ahead, and try and think outside the box to try and get punters into the ground. Well, Cal McGregor says Celtic's away form in Europe last season will fill them with confidence heading into the new qualifying format. Most qualifying rounds will be single leg ties. And McGregor says they'll all feel good about their chances no matter whether they're drawn home or away. It becomes straight knockout football and, you know, anything can happen in these games. But, you know, we've been we've been fairly good at, you know, trying to negotiate the rounds, whether it be Champions League or getting into Europa League. So that's been, you know, maybe four, five, six seasons in a row where we've actually got European football. So we know how to negotiate the ties. It's, it's going to be slightly different but 
you know, in, in, in terms of being a one-off game, then you know that you can you can go and put everything into that 90 minutes and, and try and get it done. So, you know, it will be slightly different, but, you know, something that we're, we're looking forward to in relation as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, that will that will give us confidence. We, we sort of changed our setup slightly away from home this year and we seem to get good results. So, you know, that'll be in the back of our heads that, you know, we can go places and still be a threat on the counter-attack and, and obviously, you know, get goals, which, which you need to win any football match. So we'll certainly take confidence from that. Yeah, you know, you look at the, the game we went away to, to Athens and, and won and then, you know, you look at Lazio as well with massive threat, threat on the counter-attack. So that'll give us good confidence, you know, whether we be here or drawn away from home, then, you know, we'll fancy our chances to try and get through. It will be a bit different because it will yep. be this one leg format, winner takes all in sense, rather than this argument of would you like to be home first or would you like to be Absolutely, away first? Yeah. No, it'll be a slightly different, Alison. But you know, when you look at some of the, the results that Celtic got last year, or away to Rennes, away to Lazio, really impressive football as well. And I think, I think they've actually kind of grown in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, particularly last year. You know, I think for a couple of years they were struggling. Uh, but when you see it last year, they're going away, they're actually taking the games to teams as well and they have the personnel to do that so I don't think it would be an issue for Celtic Yeah Rangers as well they've still got that that yep. game from, from last season this season Yeah to play. I, I think it's the uh, 7th or 8th of August yep. Alison that they, they have to play uh, Leverkusen very difficult tie Alison uh, you know it's not ideal uh, I think it's in a neutral venue if I'm led to believe uh, so they'll have to, do, have to negotiate that but I watched Leverkusen play a couple of weeks ago. The boy, uh, uh, is it Havertz? Mm-hmm. What a player he was. Kai Havertz, what a brilliant player. They're, they're kind of rumoured to be going to England for 70, 80 million pounds. So not good, good players. But listen, it's an opportunity to go and showcase yourself. You're going over there, uh, you know, at an empty stadium in, in a neutral. So they've had some good results away from home as well last year, uh, Rangers. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of this format for this season? Just the, the winner takes all one game. I know it's about fixture congestion and is, trying yeah. to keep it down. But in terms of just looking at the tie... Yeah, listen. I think I think you have to do what you've got to do to just try and make best with the with the circumstances. It's unprecedented, but I think the the fact that Rangers and Celtic have shown that they can go and beat people away from home, at home, particularly you know they're very strong venues for the both of them. So I think they'll go in there with plenty of confidence. I'm actually just just a mental block. I'm watching Colette recording um, our headlines. We're obviously going to hear from her very soon about this tragic incident yeah. in Glasgow at City Centre now. Looking at Dundee today, I feel like we we always talk about this on the show at the moment and it's really unfortunate. It's all about money at the moment. It's about cuts. It's Dundee assistant manager Jimmy Nicholl and sports scientist Cammy McDermott left the club earlier today. They're now looking at asking players to take a 30% wage cut on top of that. Yeah, I saw that today. Sad for Jimmy. I know him very well. A really good guy, good football guy. I think this is a sign of the times, Alison. You look at Hibs last week, let three of their uh, kind of reserves down, mm-hmm. 1917s coaches go. Uh, a small club, Dundee, I think they, yeah. they reported to be 10% of the, the usual uptake in season tickets. Now, that is alarming. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where that leaves them because I know that they were one of the clubs who had an insurance policy, yeah. but it's a bit unclear whether they're going to get paid out in that. So, if that doesn't happen, you obviously fear for Dundee, uh, particularly with the numbers that have come out. Hence the reason why they've asked the players to take wage wage cuts. So difficult times ahead, you know. Uh, you know, and and I think going into this season, most Dundee fans would have thought there was an opportunity to get promoted, Alison. So you know, we'll have to monitor that. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number you need. Let's get the very latest on the incident in Glasgow City Centre from Colette. 
Six men, including two teenagers, are being treated in hospital after a stabbing in Glasgow city centre. A 42-year-old police officer is in a critical condition after the attack which happened near the Park Inn Hotel on West George Street just before one this afternoon. Assistant Chief Constable Steve Johnson is just now giving us more information about the other victims. The other men in hospital are aged 17, 18, 20, 38 and 53. Our thoughts are with the families of those who were injured, including our colleague, uh, the officer that was injured. And our investigation is continuing into the circumstances. Police Scotland has also said the stabbing is not being treated as terror-related and there's no danger to the public. We are still being urged to avoid the area, though. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has also praised the officers involved along with the other emergency services. She says their quick and decisive actions contain the incident. We'll bring you the latest on this as we get it. Thank you to Colette um, in the newsroom there. We will bring you the very latest throughout the evening on this incident that's been breaking in Glasgow City Centre. Alex, still no word from the Irish FA. They're really dragging this out now. Yeah, well, they're obviously trying to make sure everything's sorted. They may well be trying to sort compensation, Alison, if it is Stephen Robinson, uh, you know. But listen, when the, the decision uh, will be made when it is and uh, we wish whoever it is the best because they've got a, a real opportunity to get to the to the Euros. William from Stevenson's given us a call tonight. Good evening, William. Hello. Hello. Uh, just before I start, I'd like to uh, wish uh, Jim, Duff- Jim Duffy a speedy recovery. That was a bit of a shock. Well said, William. I have to say, he is recovering well and he will be a pundit on the show next week. I spoke to him the other day and I said, it's up to you, but absolutely I'll be in the studio. So encouraging news yeah, if, you, gaffer, if yep. you know Duff, he's a, a oh, determined... He's a happy one. Yeah, yes. Listen, we wish him well. He's a... Uh, he's Proper football man. He, uh, he was my manager at Falkirk when I was a young boy, and uh, it was his first managerial position. And uh, you know, as I said, we wish him well. I dropped him a, a line the other day, so he says mm. he's uh, on the mend. I'm Look sure he'll. I'm sure he'll talk about this when he's on next week, William. But um, so just before he unfortunately had that heart attack, his his children got him a Father's Day present. Go on, what was it? A white water rafting experience. <laughs> 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 Do you know I went I went done white water rafting when I was at Falkirk. I don't know if it was with the duff, but it was yeah. one of the worst things I've ever done. Well, and it was in October, November. It was freezing. And it was horrendous. Well, we'll speak to him next week about it. But yes, so yeah, thank you for your kind words about Jim. You'll absolutely appreciate them. But I have to say, is he is home and he is recovering well, thankfully. William, you want to yeah, talk about yeah. the European yeah, games? My, yeah, my, the couple of points just for Alex. Uh, I want to know where the Rangers need to let, let strengthen, where he thinks we need to strengthen. And has he got any word in these European games? Is the away goals going to be taken, taken away? Because, Nady's mentioned that, because I think it'd be a bit unfair if you play these one legs home or away and the away goal was still there. Well, well there can't be an away goal because it's a winner-takes-all one tie, whether you're home or away, it's on the night, just that one game. Yeah, yeah but with, with it's one each... I would imagine it's just playing so yeah, we get a winner. William, listen, we don't, to answer your question, mate, I don't genuinely know that one, but going back to the, the, the point where Rangers need to strengthen, I think it's fair to say they need a, a stand-in right back, someone who's going to challenge Tavernier. Uh, it's been reported uh, in the press recently that they need another box-to-box midfielder because if they lose Ryan Jack, uh, I feel as if they need to strengthen there. Potentially another striker as well. You know, they really need to mix it up at times. Uh, and, and when I say that, I also mean with the 4-3-3. Uh, when games are not going their way, it's okay changing personnel, but you have the same 
And sometimes you just have to change the shape to maybe try and get something moving in a different direction. And I think it's about that flexibility that Stephen will reflect on. Uh, and maybe you might see a bit more of that next year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see it's a stronger side than Ali. We could take Celtic, you know what I mean? It's just their bench is stronger. That's only that's only that's only where I see the difference. We're strongest eleven flying. We proved it last year we could beat Celtic. That cup final, Fraser Frost, if we scored ten, it wouldn't have been an injustice. I you know think, what I mean? Well, you I, I agree in any given day that Rangers can compete with, with Celtic. You, if you just take on last season, you know, it was kind of good to watch. It was, you know, both sides going toe-to-toe. Uh, if you go back three or four years, it was a canter for Celtic. The biggest issue for Rangers is, is overcoming the teams that play a low block. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at some of the, the, the games that we've seen and what happens is they, they struggle to break that down. So they have to find solutions to the teams. You know, when you look at Hamilton, Kamarnock, away to St Johnson when they're dropping these type of points they have to find solutions to that because I agree with you I think on on their uh, their game with their strongest 11 I think they're as good as any but you have I've heard this saying over the years William you're only as strong as your bench so they really need to make sure that these guys right. are coming in and making an impact and then obviously recruitment this summer is going to be because you can guarantee one thing Celtic are going to you know push the boat out again because of the importance of trying to win 10 in a row I, I totally agree with you it's just the, the teams below is it's the ones we're struggling the teams, the teams above, but they seem to be doing okay. Just, just a quick one, Alison, for Alex, if yeah. I can. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know through the last couple of weeks, we Alex has been getting it tight after Celtic fans coming on, calling him Mister Asterix, and because he's sticking by his guns, he said that the, the game should be played. It. It's all about opinions. I totally agree with Alex. Right, there is an Asterix next to it. That is tainted, and there wasn't one in the field to play. I just want to say, with Alex, just, just, just keep strong. Don't let them grind you down. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Thank you, believe William. Me, believe me, William, they're not getting me down. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you to William and Stevenson for his call. The SPFL Trust has made yes. another announcement today. A new donor has come forward. Obviously, James Anderson gave the money that could be spread out across the 42 clubs. They could apply for a £50,000 grant to help them through this pandemic. Well, a new owner has pledged £1.25 million as well. Uh, that will go to the charity side of clubs. The clubs or charities connected to a club can apply for a, a, a grant of around £10,000, although it won't go directly to the playing side. Charities that have an affiliation with a football club, I think there's 28 yeah. of them, can apply for this grant yeah. as well. Listen, we have to uh, say well done to the anonymous uh, donation. £1.25 in this claim, it's brilliant, yeah. uh, on, the, on the back of James Anderson. We said a few weeks ago that we, Scottish people, Scottish football people behind the scenes will find remember Alison we were talking about just giving or benefactors yep. and things weeks ago and it's, and it's turned yep. out that it's actually been the case and I commend these people because it is extremely difficult times and I think when you look at the, the charitable side of, of things as well I, went, I met the lady uh, Nikki uh, a while back at a charity do that they were doing for mental health up at uh, the Carrick mm-hmm. and she does a brilliant job because it's all charity based stuff so it's great that the clubs can tap into it because, you know, when you look at some of the, the situations outside as well, Alison, with food banks, people really struggling uh, from that side of things. There's also mental well-being, mental health issues that clubs run as well. So there's so many aspects that they can tap into this uh, donation and, and do good for the communities. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We'll be back after Stephen gives us the very latest on the road closures after the unfortunate incident in Glasgow City Centre. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Alex Ray here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One at Super Scoreboard through until seven o'clock tonight. Clyde will have the very latest from that Glasgow City Centre incident after the show as well. So Stephen Kelly, Alex, yes, signed that new deal at Rangers this week, a new three-year deal. Twenty-year-old midfielder's now moved to Ross County on loan for the season. He's I've been speaking to him today. He says that he feels fortunate, although he's going to Dingwall, he feels very fortunate that he's got that management team of Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister. Yeah, sort of speak to him and loans manager as well to kind of go over targets maybe closer to the season yeah. starts. But I think the biggest thing is just to get the minutes and then obviously goals and assists kind of come second. But I think the main thing is just to get the games. And in, in the manager's first season I was I was with the first team quite a lot. Um, most weeks I was training. Obviously, on, I made my debut. I didn't really get much. Played in a few friendlies and stuff, but um, obviously last season I spent the full season out in loan. So, I think in terms of training with the first team, it's maybe been uh, a year, a year and a half ago since I've been in. Gary kind of started in Scotland as well. So, I think just to kind of look at somebody like that, and obviously the manager sort of speaks for himself. Um, so just like working under those type of players and just uh, just learning in terms of mindset and stuff, it's it's been good. Good to sign an extension and obviously looks like I could could be in the plans given given that I do well. I spoke to him this afternoon. He says first and foremost he wants to impress for Ross County this season. He was at Air United last yeah. season, so he's taking that step up into the Premiership. But you know, he says I've I've got that comfort that Rangers have given me a three year deal yeah. before I go out on loan again. So he says it, it makes me feel like I'm going to be part of these plans, as he said there. Yeah, he obviously sampled it eighteen months ago, Alison, when he was in about the first team. Mm. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a bit of a body blow. You come in, you go back out, but he went to Air. Uh, and did very well last year. Um, my big pal Kenny Brannigan's doing a bit of scouting for the Premier League uh, team in Scotland, and uh, he says he caught his eye every time he went to see him. And uh, so they've rewarded him with a three-year contract. This is a natural progression. So he did mm. well at the Championship. He's gone to Ross County. You know, it's uh, a good club, well-run club, and it's an opportunity for him to shine. Now Billy Kirkwood, uh, you know, will be looking uh, at this young lad to see how he progresses, how he handles the situation up up there in Dingwall. Uh, and it's a chance for him to come back. But I think the most pleasing thing from his point of view, the player, uh, is that it's a three-year contract because to get yeah. it at this stage, Alison, takes him beyond the you know the compensation. Some clubs only give the one year at this stage because if someone wants to take him away, they have to pay a compensation for the time that he's been at Rangers. So I think it's really encouraging from his point of view. So it's just a case of going out and showcase what you can actually do. 0141 the number you need. And Tony's giving us a call. Hello, Tony. Yes, I'm fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Alec, this one little problem keeps niggling me. How can Celtic get 50,000 season ticket holders into a match? It's only allowed 30,000. How is that possible? (laughs) Tony, I I actually don't know what Celtic's numbers are at the moment. I know know that Rangers and Celtic are not quite where they were Mm -hmm. uh, at this time last year. However, to take your point on board, 50,000... Uh, with 30,000 so they would have to I, I would imagine they would have to rotate it in some way uh, to ta- try and accommodate everyone now I know that Rangers and Celtic are both looking at packages uh, for the television rights so I know that Celtic have got some of the, the BT pundits uh, from the Celtic side mm-hmm. uh, now going and, and doing some t- TV work for Celtic I know that Rangers are actually looking at this as well so from that point of view, I would imagine you'd have to rotate it and try and work out some sort of formula that everyone was getting equal games until they can get everyone into the game. Tony, that's the only way I can see how, how it could possibly happen. 
Because I, I renewed in May when they first came out, really about first of May, I, I renewed three season tickets. Mm-hmm. Two, two for uh, pensioners, I don't like them, and one for a, a full time. Concessions. Deal. Concessions, <laughs> don't <laughs> But, you know, that's, I was, when I heard that last night, I was listening, I said to myself, how can that happen? So, Tony, would you be happy with that, the, the circumstances though? Would you be happy to say, like, okay, well, say it was 25,000 for argument's sake, so you seen the first game that was played at Parkhead, and then mm-hmm. two weeks later, the, the guy sitting next to you effectively mm-hmm. gets an opportunity. Would you be happy with that kind of format? That way, for me, it's fair. Well, yeah, as long as we can completely tell us what's happening. And plus, the other fact, I mean, I've, I've had no con- uh, confirmation with Celtic what happened with the money I lost last year. You know, because they missed their games. I think they did we- put out that you could um, f- um, apply to have a refund Well I never got a letter Right Just contact him Tony Do contact yeah, him There, was, there definitely was Like every other club I don't know if they put out letters If they put no. it online But I, I am aware that they, they did offer yeah. A refund But what, what You know I, I would want to do I don't have many I would want to Give up the, last, the money for the last season yeah. To mm-hmm. buy Fraser Foster and I don't know how many Celtic supporters would, would do that But I think it's a great idea because it's money that we'll, we've not had, so we'll never miss it. And I think yeah. if you say 50,000 ticket gains, what? Yeah. Price of four games. Yeah. Right? It's a good few quid. No, I, th- I think because I think it goes, you're absolutely right, Tony. It does it goes into a right few quid, and, and and I think if you look at Partick Thistle, they were, they did they were asked the same question whether they wanted a refund, and I think it was ninety three percent of the fans actually says no because they were actually trying to help the club. But I take your point on board. If it went towards signing someone like Fraser Foster, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Celtic are going to say that if he's <laughs> if he's don't no. if you don't take your refund, we're going to fire it on to Fraser Foster. But if, I think if Celtic had a uh, to get that deal brokered regardless whether they were going to pass it back I'm sure they would try and get that deal over the line yeah Tony they did put a form on their website um, oh, well. if, if you wanted to apply so I don't think they individually wrote Sent out, yeah. to, to mm-hmm. season ticket holders but it was Tony you saw the website. campaign you get a big Fraser Foster in the door and you hand back your money yep <laughs> I have any mind you can have that because I think, I think we actually need him as you were saying on the, the, the League Cup Without him, he would have been beat. Yeah. Because he was absolutely fabulous. Tony, there was mentions of uh, Joe Hart today in the, mm-hmm. in the media. Would he be someone of any interest to you? Uh, three or four seasons ago, yeah. But no, between him and Fraser Foster, no way. Yeah, I, yeah. I think and I think Celtic should get the biscuit tin out again and buy him. As I said earlier on, Tony, for me it's all down to the, the wages as well. Uh, and it will depend on who else is in the in the ballpark because if it's Premier League clubs, he might actually add to his weekly wage, which in, you know is a short career. But the money that these guys are on is just astronomical. Uh, and I think the issue bring him and uh, Fraser Foster at that kind of level with guys like Scott Brown and McGregor and all that would automatically be chatting on the manager's door <laughs> demanding a wage rise. It's just the way it works. Thank you to Tony for his call. I want to squeeze in one last caller before the end of the show, but something just caught my eye. Go on. Um, There's a new bookie's favourite for the Dundee United job. Go on, hit me with it. Malky Mackay. Really? Mm. 
Oh, that's right out of uh, That's why I was looking a bit puzzled across the desk at you. Well, you know, Big Malky did well down at Watford, uh, you know, uh, way back, uh, built up his reputation. And obviously he's got the the Scotland gig uh, at the moment. So no, it would would actually fall in. You know, when you think about the way that Dundee United's run, the way that Tony Asker kind of runs his... he would be familiar with. It was the, just a not, not a name I expected to see when you've got you know Lee McCulloch's on the list, Tony well, Tommy Wright's on the list, Derek Adams has been mentioned. Yeah, well, this, you, you're always going to get the usual suspects, Alison. But this this is a left field. Uh, I think uh, Lee McCulloch. They're trying to find some sort of way of keeping Lee. And there's another guy there. I'm not quite sure what his name is. One of the coaches up there. Um, he he. They want to keep the both of them. So whoever comes in, I think will actually have to work with them, or they might well give Lee McCulloch uh, the job. Davey and Annie's Land has given us a call tonight as well. Hello, Davey. You want to talk about Liverpool, don't you? Well, I certainly I do. I don't want to. I want to discuss the the way the conclusion of the English league was uh, finished and how unsatisfactory the Scottish league wasn't. Uh, they held off. They had a, a bigger threat for coronavirus, uh, but they. They decided to extend this, the the season, and I think that was a correct decision. Now, obviously, I have a bias because the team I support, but I don't think it's satisfactory how our league was finished and it was just awarded to Celtic because there was a few games to play, and I'm not saying we would have caught them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we would have won it, but there's a bad taste left in Celtic's mouth and there's a bad taste left in Rangers mouth because we don't know and if we're going to put an asterisk I don't know yeah, well, I don't think, to... David see, see you can back to the point in terms of playing it I think obviously they were looking at trying to kind of call it at the time in which they did I'm, I'm, I, I think when you look at the potential time when they were actually going to was it going to overlap this year mm-hmm. and I think we're actually ahead of where they anticipated I'm wholehearted you listen to all the players from Rangers Celtic every club wanted yeah. to play you look at Aberdeen could have went up to third Hibs could have nicked sixth spot because it was unfair in them then you look at Hearts been relegated so I think there's a lot of people would have loved to get this uh, done and dusted and it looks as if we might have been able to squeeze it in Alison but one of the things I think within all this is see all the money and the testing that yeah. it would have took through the course of trying to get people back up I'm not exactly sure where clubs would have been financially, financially. for that point. So I think there was a lot of factors but as well, David. To, f- to flip it as well, David, I understand that, you know, we look at it now, as we said earlier in the show as well, that in hindsight, maybe the league could have been played to a finish. But let's flip it. And they just dragged their heels and said, oh, we'll, we'll think about it later, we'll think about it later, we'll think about it later. And then we actually got to this point and we're not in a position where we are now that football can resume. So it's a sense that clubs and the SPFL in some ways were on hiding to nothing and whatever they did there wasn't a right or wrong answer I don't think well listen it's going to rumble on forever you know Rangers fans won't accept it Hearts fans won't accept it and then the rest will just kind of move on uh, with whatever way their stance is it's all self-interest for each individual club Alison and the fact of the matter is we really have to move on now because we have to get the season up and running I hope there's no any more uh, kind of rise in COVID-19 mm-hmm. because you know it would be a body blow because everybody's and it just shows you the importance I think most people and I know there's a lot of tragic things happening uh, out there it shows you the importance of football to everyone uh, associated with because when you actually see the the scenes at Liverpool last night yeah. in terms of you know the, the, the players and things it, it really warms a heart 
you know, in terms of what football means, you know, 30 years without a, a title. Uh, and to get it in that manner as well was excellent for them. Yeah, although they, they won it without actually playing. without playing that night, which is, I suppose, clubs don't want that to happen either. But to see those celebrations, yeah. as you say, all the players in the hotel yeah. celebrating together. I mean, I've got to give a word to Kenny Dalglish. Brilliant, absolutely he brilliant. absolutely brilliant. I, I tweeted about it. His phone's still going, it's still you, dinging listen, away. I've had two calls on my phone during this show, and uh-huh. I'm just pleased that I've turned off the <laughs> ringer, thankfully. But, you know... Guys like Kenny, you know, who have given so much to mm. Liverpool through difficult times, good times. It's been 30 years since I've actually won a title. But when I see guys like Ronnie Whelan and Carragher and all that, they've not actually done that. You yeah. know, some, obviously Whelan and that is, but when you look at Jamie Carragher and Stephen Gerrard... He was not, fair celebrating as so, well, though, so, so this he, is yeah. the thing, you know, and, and some of the videos regarding Gary Neville, it's nothing sort yeah. of brilliant, you know, mm-hmm. like, where is he? See the one at the airport. Oh, it's it's yeah. brilliant, it's, it's just brilliant. So I think the thing, and I think the most encouraging thing is uh, Jurgen Klopp, the, the way he's conducted himself at that football club is nothing short of magic mm-hmm. I love everything about him I love his passion and it kind of shows right through the whole club and and when they get that type of success I'm all for it and when you look at Liverpool as well yes they've won the league but they've done it on the European stage world, as well world champions yep. champions league winners and, and I have to give a mention to Andy Robertson you know just a, just a boy <laughs> coming through and he's actually performing at the level and when you think about actually recruitment Alison £10 million for Andy Robertson it's absolute buttons Manny, £20 million, you know, you're getting world beaters. Uh, and I think for them it's all about recruitment and the, the manager and the structure within there. It's brilliant, I love it. That's about it for tonight. Thank you to all of you for your calls and for listening. I'll be back on Monday night with Hugh Keevans. Stay tuned for the latest on today's terrible incident in Glasgow City Centre. Colette will bring you the very latest. And then after that, it's GBX. GBX.